All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, my name is Aaron Maxson, along with my co-host, Nate Maxson, and you are listening to The Year That Was, dot, dot, dot. We are discussing 1997. Um, if you guys are not aware, um, what this show does, it just goes down the calendar year of, of professional wrestling year, obviously. And um, like I said, we're discussing 1997. So we are in... Uh, Right in the middle of uh, August right now, SummerSlams ended, Road Wilds ended, and um, so we'll be discussing the August 18th, 1997 Raw in Nitro, which, uh, like I said, we're going to get to here in a minute. Um, before we get going, Nate, you got anything for the listeners? Um, No, not, not anything that's on the top of my head. Nothing to hype or anything like that to get like maybe the five people that listen to my show don't know. I mean, if you if you haven't listened, if you haven't listened to the two hundredth episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, it's out there in the ether now. So Yes. And I would think that if somebody's listening to this show, they're listening to the other shows. I don't think there's just some guy that just listens to the year that was dot 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 and doesn't listen to anything else on your network. But um before we do that, um I did um, a couple weeks ago. I don't know how long, how many weeks ago it was. We did Hindi Ass Man and we did Hindi Boss Man. Remember those? Yes. 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 Well, this is uh, this is Hindi Heartbreak Kid, Hindi Sexy Boy. So, if you guys don't know what this is, it is taking the lyrics of a professional wrestling song and um, converting it or translating it to Hindu. And then re-translating um, it back into English from Hindi or Hindu, whatever you want to call it. There's some real and reverse engineering going on here. Yes, sometimes it, it's really funny. And you can do it with anything. Like, I did a Magic Carpet Ride. No, Born to be Wild. I did Hindi Born to be Wild. I, I wish I would have kept it because it was crazy. <laughs> like, it was crazy. <laughs> But anyway, I, I might do the I might do regular songs on this the non-wrestling show that I'm trying to think up. Because like, like one day I'm like, oh, I can do this with it, and then I can do that with it. I'm like, this show is gonna be insane. But anyway, so this is Hindi, Hindi sexy boy, Hindi Shawn Michaels. Um ooh, ooh Sean. I think I'm beautiful. I know I'm sexy. I've got the shape. That drives the girls wild. I have the root moves that really move them. I bring coolness up and down his spine. I'm just a sexy boy, sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy, boy toy. I'm just a sexy boy, sexy boy. Not your boy toy, boy toy. I make them hot. I like to shake them. Their knees get weak. When they watch me walk by, they hear me talk. I make them feel. As if they're on seventh heaven. <laughs> it's cloud nine. I'm, and then he's like a sexy boy again. Eat your heart. <laughs> this is my favorite part. Eat your heart out. Because you know how the song ends, right? Yeah. Eat your heart out, Eat girls. Hands off out, the girls. merchandise. Hands off the merchandise. <laughs> In Hindi, the way you say that is, eat your heart out. Or eat your heart out, girls. Wash off the goods. <laughs> Wash off the goods. Eat your heart out, girls. Wash off the goods. I like the I've got the shape. 
And why does he like to shake them? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> I got the shape. It drives the girls wild. Yeah, I love it when I get the end. I was just like, wash off the goods. What does that even mean? <laughs> Like I would, I would like keep your hands off the goods. Like that makes sense. Wash off, off the goods. wash off the goods. Like why are they? Why are they dirty? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, word. I make them feel. I, I make them feel as if they're in seventh heaven. I'm a sexy <laughs> boy. <laughs> I don't know, Hindi, Hindi. I don't think anything will beat Hindi ass man, but. Hindi, Hindi Michaels is pretty fun. Wash off the goods. <laughs> Wash off the goods because I got the shape. <laughs> I'm going to shake you. <laughs> All right. So there's that. So now we're going to move into WWF Monday Night Raw, Raw is War, whatever you want to call it, from August 18th, 1997. They're in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, the show opens with JR introducing everybody to Raw and then kicks it up to Vince McMahon, who then introduces Rick Rude to the crowd. Rude um, takes the microphone from McMahon and does his right now gimmick. Um, Rude says that he is an insurance salesman. And if you got the buck, he's got the bang. That sounds gross. And then refuses to answer who he, who paid him last week. And he got involved in the in the in the fracas of last week. Um, McMahon says that Rude is running the world's oldest racket, which is basically protection. And then um, Rude says, "Pay in full, and they'll get the Rude awakening." So that is Rude right now isn't claiming any allegiances. He's saying that he's just a he's a hired basically gun. a hired gun. If if you got the money, honey, he's got the time type of thing. So. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on with Rick Brood. Um, he doesn't last long in WWE, but when he was there, and it was cool. And it's the question that I have, though, because um, they do it with the Horsemen sometimes. Do you consider Rick Brood a member of DX? No. I guess no. I guess technically you would say yes, but when I think of DX, I don't think of Brood as a member of DX. That's what I think, and and um, I I don't think they consider him part of DX either. Like, I don't even know if they ever even mention him. Like, do they even like? I don't. I, I can't remember their Hall of Fame speech. I don't even remember if they had, had like acknowledged him when they did any of that stuff or anything. I know they I, WWE acknowledges Rick Rude, but I don't know if they were right. like, oh yeah. You know, China's not here, and neither's rude. I don't remember that or not. So I don't think so. I don't believe so. I think, uh, I think to be honest, I think he wasn't friends with those guys either. Well, and it's it's that, and you know, obviously, and we're gonna get to it in less than a month, or yeah, less than a month, not less than a month, less than a cup, three months. He he leaves after the after Montreal, and. I think part of it is also like I was discussing the last time we did a show. They also dick around for a while as to what they're going to call this thing. You know, they don't yeah. even know. That. So I think since he was there, just like, you know, by the time they're actually degeneration X and all that, he's only around a few more weeks. So I think it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't, he doesn't have enough 
there's not enough on film of him being a member of DX where it, it plays in people's mind. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think, like I said, I don't think he even really liked a lot of those guys, except I think he liked Nash. Other than that, I don't think he was really big with any of the other ones, but um, I know he didn't like Shawn Michaels, but um, we find out that the main event for the evening is going to be the Undertaker and Mankind versus uh, Triple H and uh, HBK with China. Um, Sean is con- Sean confronting Sergeant Slaughter. Um, it's one of those ones where they're just playing the music over it or whatever. There's no audio to it. Um, which I know we talk about all the time. Like now, like cameras catch everything, and and you know you know what I mean. Yeah. Like oh, Becky Lynch showed up to the arena and she got attacked, and the cameras just happened to be there or whatever. You know that type of thing. Um, I do. I this is when I don't mind it. You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause you're, it's not, it's not staged. It's not, it, they're like in a hallway arguing with each other. Well, and it's and not, it's not, just like, oh, it yes. that's what I was going to say. It's not a steady cam either. Like it looks like the cameraman is just walking up on them. With- yeah. He's like, Oh, these guys are arguing and, and I can't hear it, but I'm going to get a shot of it. You know, that yeah. type of thing. So I don't mind that. Um, oh shoot. Sorry. Um, I lost my place for my bet. It's Owen and Bull. The, the main event, or the like I said, the main event's going to be Taker and Mankind versus uh, HBK and, and uh, Triple H. Um, the opening match is Owen Hart on the British Bulldog versus the Legion of Doom. They mentioned an, an upcoming interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they also um, mentioned that Bulldog is going home in September to defend his title. Um, and they don't know who he's defending against yet, but he will be defending his his European championship. They're basically, this is one night only. So that's what they're talking about here. Um, during the match, um, Henry Godwin smashes, comes out, smashes um, Animal with a bucket to get the one, two, three. Owen and Bulldog are your winners. And the post-match is just all the teams kind of getting a, getting a fracas. LOD and the Godwins is... is that's going on too long, too. Yeah, it's jumping the shark. Same shit every week. <laughs> yep. Like it was actually, it was actually, it was actually fun. But now it's not fun anymore. Yeah, now it's just, now it's just one of the four hitting the other guy with the bucket every week. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't need, have anything going on. That's, hit him with a bucket. bucket. At this point, at this point, we need to chuck it in the fuck it bucket. <laughs> yeah, let's move these teams on. Um, then Mankind cuts a, a quick promo about um, having a team at The Undertaker tonight. Um, Jim Ross uh, basically says that he thinks Undertaker's just going in. It's going to be three guys versus The Undertaker because Taker can't even trust his own tag team partner. Um, then they show footage. They're, they're putting over the town. They're putting over Atlantic City. And they show footage of the first Miss America pageant and... They show footage of it, and it's like you know, girls and like, it's it's back in the day footage, you know, it's like, like from like the twenties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the cat's pajamas. Yeah, and they show the ladies and Lawler's like, so they held a competition that nobody could win. <laughs> like basically said they looked frumpy or whatever. Um, then HBK cuts a promo on being upset with the WWE officials, and. Um, basically saying nothing going forward um, is going to be a mistake. Like saying like, you know, I me hitting Undertaker with the chair was a mistake. You know, this, that, and the other thing. But now 
any any if I hit somebody with a chair, if I do this, if I do that, it's on purpose. He's like, you guys don't have my back. I'm just gonna be me, basically. Um, then Sunny's out looking totally '90s hot. Um, then she introduces. Um, um, <laughs> this is this is funny. Um, it's gonna be Flash Funk versus Brian Christopher, and she introduces Brian Christopher, but they played the wrong music. They played Flash Funk's music, so he comes out to flat like it's Brian Christopher, and he and he's being a pro, like he's doing his shtick and everything, but he's coming out to Flash Funk's music. Um, and Sonny like says, Okay, like she had literally was like, Okay, that just happened, and then we introduced Flash Funk. Um the story of the match is Brian Christopher's trying to um, um, fight heavyweights because he wants to get stronger in the cruiserweight division. I, I don't know, or the lightweight doesn't, division. Doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. Fight, but anyway. It's it's because yeah. we have three light heavyweights, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes. <laughs> and two of them don't even live in the country. Um, <laughs> the match is it's a decent match. Um Brian Christopher hits an inverted Russian leg sweep, which is basically the stroke. Um, Christopher goes up top, but gets distracted by Lawler, who's saying, give him the pile driver, pile drive him. So he um, jump and, and while Lawler's talking to him, Funk gets recuperates, um, knocks uh, Christopher down off the ropes, and Funk ends up getting the one, two, three. It was just a match, nothing special. I, I, it just it was there to be there, and, and I honestly said, think huh? I was just saying Vince yelled at somebody probably during the commercial break. Yes, <laughs> right turn, and it was just it was a it it was a cluster. Um, the only sometimes I have like questions in there just for anybody that's going to be on or just a thought looking back on it. Back in the, do you think? Um, Funk would have benefited from being a Nation of Domination member? Maybe. Maybe. Because, I mean, we've said a million times he wasn't strong on the mic, but it'd be, to be in the Nation, he wouldn't have had to be strong on the mic because Farouk's the guy that's doing the talking, or Clarence Mason. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe it could have benefited him because without being able to, as good as in the WWF, especially back then, as good as you were in the ring, you had to have mic skills too to get people to connect with you. And too cold for as great a wrestler as he was, a shitty promo. Yeah. <laughs> um, and after the match, obviously the Lawlers have a little bit of an argument because Brian's blaming Jerry, and Jerry's saying that Lawler or Christopher got himself distracted, and they just have a little argument. It's not like a fight or anything, but it's just dad and son having an argument. Um, then Undertaker says he'll settle this score with Shawn Michaels tonight and says, um, basically, um, says he's going to settle the score with Shawn Michaels. And if mankind tries any bullshit, he's going to take him out too. Um, then they show a similar scene with H with Triple H, um, arguing verbally with Sergeant Slaughter. So Hunter and, and HBK are being a pain in the ass for charge Sergeant Slaughter tonight. Um, He's just trying to get a coffee or something, and these guys just keep showing up in the hallway yelling at him. Um, the next match we get is the Sultan versus Ken Shamrock. Um, it's just a match. Um, Shamrock um, 
gets a belly to belly on on both um, the Sultan and the Iron Sheik, and then Shamrock claps on the uh, ankle lock submission hold, and the Sultan taps. I don't, um, I'm sorry, I wasn't not I'm ignoring the match, but when you said something about Slaughter trying to get just trying to get a coffee, I just pictured Slaughter that made me start like Sergeant Slaughter's just trying to get a pinochle game going with Arnie Skoland. <laughs> Yeah. And DX keeps bothering him. <laughs> One more thing. It's like Jesus. Just trying to sh- trying to pinochle with with skull in here. What the hell? Um I guess we have said it before. The Sultan would have been great in like ninety-two. Just not now. Very out of place um, in ninety-seven. Yeah. And uh when I say he belly to bellied chic, like it was Usually Ken didn't hold back shit, you know what I mean, with guys. Like, he would just do it, and he would ex- he expected you to do the same thing with him. It, it's a very um, gingerly belly-to-belly on Sheik. Like, he was like, eh, I'm not going to fuck this guy up. Because um, even at this time, he was starting to slow down a lot. Got old Sheiky baby. Um, then the Nation of Domination make their way out for an unscheduled interview. Um, Oh my God, I can't even read my own writing. Um, sorry. Farouk said that uh, Ahmed Johnson um, was white underneath all that black. I don't know what that means. Um, he accepts to fight Crush and Sabio at ground zero. He then puts over Rocky Maivia. Um, Rock then cuts his first heel promo on the fans. He calls DOA racist and the fans jackasses. And then the DOA then come out and challenge uh, or then come out and on the screen and challenge the nation of domination to come fight him in the parking lot. So that's what that was. Go away, DOA. Yeah. Go away. This whole thing. Just get these people away from each other. Um, it's like, Jesus Christ. I'm tired of it. But anyway, um, the next match is Jesse James versus Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman, um, has to wear the, obviously has to wear the dress until he uh, wins. And the caveat is he has to gain a pinfall or a submission victory. Like you can't win by DQ, count out, anything like that. It has to be a one, two, three, or a submission. Um, then Brian Pillman gets the advantage and is winning. So Gold Dust comes out and elbows Jesse James to cause the DQ. So Jesse James wins the match. Um, so basically, Goldust attacked him so he couldn't get the victory. Um, then Brian Pillman challenges Goldust to a career versus Marlena match. Um, Goldust does not want this, and he refuses. And um, and then Brian Pillman hits hints at tapping Marlena in the past, which is true, and claims that Dakota is his baby. He says, there's always going to be something walking around reminding you of me. And it's your baby. It's Dakota. She's mine. She's mine. And that pisses Marlena off. So she decides to accept the challenge on behalf of Goldust. So it will be uh, at ground zero, Brian Pillman versus Goldust. If Brian Pillman loses, he has to leave the WWE, WWF forever. If Goldust loses, he gets Marlena for 30 days. So that's the next arc of that storyline. Yes. 
this is where you said you stopped liking it, wasn't it? Yes. And I don't know ultimately where they were going with it. I don't know if their intention was for Marlena to, for it to turn out that Marlena wanted to be with Brian Pillman or what, but I, yeah, this is after, after that match is where it loses me. It just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy it. I, I, if there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to unpack there and it's just, none of it's comfortable. What I think, what I think it was going to be was because they were talking about they were going to renew their vows on um, the day oh. that the Marlena being captured or whatever ended. I think she was going to end up going with Gold Dust, and I think he was still going to go crazy anyway. But I think that was going to be the thing that made him crazy. But then obviously the bad thing happened, and right, and that sorry, and then obviously the the tragedy happened and they just went with, well, were they, I, I think they were initially going to break up Marlene and gold dust anyway. Anyway, the yeah. only difference was that the only difference was that gold dust. I mean, Brian wasn't around basically. Um, so that was that um, post, like I said, the, so ground zeros fleshing out. We're going to get, it, it's they're adding matches to it. Um, then we get big van Vader with Paul Bear versus the Patriot, Bret Hart's watching from this. It's Big Van Vader with Paul Bear versus the Patriot, Bret Hart's watching from the stage because he's going to be fighting uh, Patriot at, at Ground Zero. Um, Patriot hits Uncle Slam on Vader. One, two, three. Your winner is the Patriot. And every week, Vader gets less and less. That's, that's what I was just about to say. Less and less. Vader's just moving on down the. Down the uh... Yeah, he's. The the once biggest thing in professional wrestling, like not not the biggest star in professional wrestling, but the biggest thing in like the guy everybody talked about is now just a jobber to the stars, man. That's all he does. Just pin me, pay me is what like if he would have stuck around any longer, he could have been in the job squad. He was in the he was in the unfortunate position of after after Hogan came to WCW. He was one of the guys that was in the unfortunate position that no matter which promotion he was in, somebody was fucking him politically. Yep. Like most people would be like, ah, in the WWF, the clicks fucking me. But if I go to WCW, I'll be fine. Or if I go to ECW, I'll be fine. You know, if I can just get away from these people that are fucking me, <laughs> but Vader just couldn't get away from it. Yep. And I think part of it was his talent. I think part of it was I heard that he wasn't like um, sometimes his biggest. Sometimes he was his biggest enemy because he didn't he didn't stand up for himself. Mm-hmm. Like like Brett said, like Brett, I think it was Brett said he's just a big teddy bear. And you, you could hurt his feelings easy. And he was just kind of like, like if somebody confronted him. Not like physically, but like backstage he was just kind of like meek for some reason it's like mm-hmm. you're like one of the baddest dudes in the building like stand but he just never did it i don't know what it was i mean maybe he would maybe he just looked at it as you're paying me so i'm here to do my job and that's what i'm gonna do you know but it whatever wasn't, it wasn't the time in the business to have an easygoing disposition <laughs> no because wcw is full of sharks and wwf was full of fucking piranhas and and now it's like, oh, he's great. He doesn't do anything. 
keeps his mouth shut. You know, they love that now. Back then, though, it's like, you had to do that. You had to be an asshole. If you weren't, you were just going to get gobbled up, man. Just the way it was. Um, like you either had to be like the biggest asshole in the world or really, really liked. And I don't think he was either one of those. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whatever. And Hogan didn't do him any favors when he fucking stood up after he got powerbombed. What the hell? Like, imagine how different Vader's life would have been if he would have done that. And then Hogan stood up and then Vader did all the stuff that Hogan was afraid he was going to do actually do to him. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Hogan didn't want to work with Vader because he was afraid of him. Or if he would have just, just, I guess, I guess he couldn't have got, I was going to say, if he would have just gave Sean a good fucking potato once in a while. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Like, like he's he let a guy that weighed like probably he probably weighed half as what Sean weighed and let him kick him in the face on live pay per view and say uh call him stupid or whatever like whatever he called fat piece mm-hmm. of shit or whatever. It's like he should have just stood up and just drilled him. You know what I mean? Like it's like one of two things is gonna happen. They're they're either gonna be like, Oh, the company's either gonna be like, Oh my god. It was amazing. We got to do something with that, or they're going to fire you. But either way, at least you still got your dignity. Right. But anyway, um, after the match, Vader attacks Patriot, um, um, and he's going to go for the Vader bomb. But Bret Hart um, drapes the American flag over Patriot before Vader can do that. Vader gets mad and goes after the Hart Foundation, and the and and for a minute you're like, oh man, Vader standing up for himself. But then uh, him and the Patriot both just get beat up. So. <laughs> That's how that went. So Vader got beat up twice, and that's that. And Patriots moving. Um, Patriots moving. Going to be moving down the down the line too. I mean, I know he's yeah. getting. The, I know he's getting the title shot against Brett, but he his his short run. <laughs> the writing's the writing's on the wall for his short run as well. I think ultimately what they probably would have done with him. Essentially, he said he told him he was injured, and then. Let him go. Well, he but, lied to him at first. I know they, he lied at first and said he wasn't. And then I think they were like, probably like, "Hey, man, what's going on with you?" And then he was like, "Oh, it's my shoulder." And they're like, "Well, you failed to mention that, so you lied to us. for one. You lied to us, and two, like you're at the age now where it's like, are you even going to recoup from this? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it just was a. I think once they realized that he sold him a hill of beans, they were like, "Well." You're going to be out of here quick. Um, but anyway, so that's how that went. I think if that guy would have went in like 95, probably would have been different for him. He would, I like by this time, I don't think he would have had his mask anymore or anything, well, but it would have been I, totally different for him. I was going to say, if he would have stayed into the attitude era too, he'd have been repackaged. Yeah. His character would have been like, a patriot, but like a horrible piece of shit guy, like a JBL or something like that. Um, then we get uh, the Stone Cold story, Vince McMahon voicing over um, himself for his stinger and this, that, and the other thing, and how he's the toughest SOB in the business. Um, then Jim Ross discusses the interview with Steve Austin, and Steve Austin, it's just a sit-down interview with Steve, being Steve, um, and talking about Owen Hart and, this, and all the other all the other things that are going on with him and how he's not gonna he's not gonna quit he's not leaving 
and but the WWF won't let him wrestle even though he wants to wrestle and this that and everything. So it was just fleshing out Steve even more, giving him more even more opportunity to more opportunity to talk and mm-hmm. like fleshing out his character, which is fun to watch. Um because he wasn't um when he became stone cold, he wasn't just automatically beer swilling driving the trucks down the ring and shit. It's like the evolution of the character, and that's why it's fun to go back and watch the old shit. It's like we've said before, um, it's it it stinks that he got hurt, but getting hurt helped his character. Yeah, they they had to be more creative with him, and it helped them realize that they could do other things with other people, too, that didn't just involve being in the ring and cutting a promo. Like, oh, let's have him... It's like, oh, let's have him drive the truck down to the ring. Okay, we're gonna do that a couple times. It's like, well, now it's predictable that he drives a truck down to the ring. We can't have him just keep driving his truck. No, let's put him on that Zamboni. What? Yeah. Oh, let's put him in a milk. Let's put him in a beer truck. Just all this different shit, and it all involved. It all evolved into like many years later, him riding that fucking big ass four wheeler down the ring. Yeah. It just, it's. It's fun watching old shit and seeing where it got to. Well, I enjoyed it. Um, so, unless you got anything else on Steve, nope. At this period of his career, we'll move into our main event of the evening. Um, you know, main event wait, of the evening, like I said, it's sorry, it's, it's not about Steve. You know, it's a you know, it's a funny one to watch evolve. Was that when Honky Tonk Man first comes into the WWF because he's a baby face, oh, yeah, he's got it, those suspenders and stuff, and like he's just ridiculous. Yeah, and, it, like, <laughs> and um and the fans hate him, but so then they do yeah. the poll. <laughs> Which um people might look back on that and think, oh, that was just them trying to trying to like turn him or whatever. That's not what it was. Like they didn't bring him in to be like a fan favorite for a minute that the fans were going to turn on. They actually thought fans are going to like this. Yeah. They'll buy like honky tonk man wigs or whatever <laughs> we sell or inflatable guitars. And that WWF audience was like, Nope. <laughs> Boo. Boo. We do not like this. And then I love Jesse. Then Jesse's turn. like, turns out they don't like you. <laughs> He's very matter of fact with Honky Top Man yeah. when he presents him the results. <laughs> like, in fact, I don't even like you. And as a side but note, Batman. I was just gonna say, as a side note, I was looking yesterday because I was looking into some research for something, and um, um, fucking uh, Gunter. Gunter's like a month and a half away from breaking Honky Top Man's record. <laughs> I don't know if they are gonna get the hair. I don't know if WWE will do anything with that, but he's a he's like he's like it's like I think Honky Tonk Man's reign is like 454, 454 days. And uh Gunter, when I looked last night, was at 414, I think. Does that mean we might be able to hear a reference from Gunter talking about the honky tonk? That's <laughs> yeah, what I was like. Or that or that Kaiser dude, like the ring general has beat the honky tonk Talk man. Um, I was just talking to somebody about that group. Um, I like that's one of my favorite things in wrestling. Like they all they look great together. Their entrance is cool, you know. But um, the other guy that uh, Giovanni uh, Giovanni Vinci, 
Giovanni Vinci, if that dude doesn't get hurt and eventually like like gets I've never really heard him talk, you know. But if he can talk, doesn't get hurt, and rides that gimmick out for a while, I, I think that dude could be a big deal. Like I, I think he's I think he's better than the guy that the, the Ludwig guy. I don't know why. I just I I like that dude and I think he could be something eventually once that yeah. breaks up. I really like I really unless like you're gonna him. be one of those groups that never breaks up, huh? I like I really like well, you know how long I've I've been a fan of Gunter since he was in fucking the indies, but um, oh yeah, I like those, Gunter too. I'm those not other saying, two, I'm not, those other two guys, I agree with you, they're like one of the best things in modern wrestling. But like Eventually, like I said, that group will break up. There'll be a team, and then that team will break because Vince doesn't like tag teams. And I think that Vinci guy could be something. Um, and then um, this is the other thing with Honky, you know, for like years he wouldn't go in the Hall of Fame, wouldn't go in the Hall of Fame, you know. And then he finally did it, and people were like, oh, I don't know why he did it. You know why he did it? You know why he did it? I think he was tired, and that dude did that Honky Tonk Man shit. Rode that forever, okay, longer than that gimmick should have lived. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like him, Taker, and the Boss Man are like the greatest gimmicks of all time. Just how I feel. <laughs> Gimmick wrestlers, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Honky wrote it, wrote it, wrote it, and then he went in the Hall of Fame, got that WWF WWE Legends money, and you see him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like big long white hair and big white beard and shit. He's like, I'm done being the fucking Avi man. I'm just gonna go home. He did it for what 40 years? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, 40 years. Because <laughs> he became honky tonk Wayne Ferris in Canada mm-hmm. and then went to the WWF, took the gimmick with him, and they made him honky tonk man. So yeah, he did that gimmick for like ever. He's probably like, I'm tired of dying my hair, I'm tired of having these sideburns. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just done. So anyway, um, the main event of the match, or the main event of the match, the main event match of the show is Shawn Michaels and Triple H with China versus The Undertaker and Mankind. Um, uh, Mankind and Triple H kick off the match. Mankind's keeping up the offense. Um, Taker get Taker and HBK end up in the ring. Um, Taker gets the best HBK. HBK calls out Rick Rude for protection. Um, Mankind locked sweet uh, um, blocked sweet chin music and tagged on Undertaker. Hunter tries to bring in a chair. Uh, Rude tries to use, yeah, Rude tries to use it on the backs of um, on the back of Taker. It's going back and forth. HBK ends up. Um, Hitting um, Taker with a nasty uh, chair shot, and this is the shot that they don't use it so much anymore. But for a for a while, it was like one of the most shown images. It's of Taker getting hit with a chair and then flipping his hair back up when he's busted open, and um, Triple H and Sean and Rude and China are all scared out of their fucking minds. Because holy shit, we just busted open the Undertaker, and they um, run away. And HB and Mankind and uh, Triple H, Mankind, Triple H, Mankind, and the Undertaker end up winning the match via disqualification. So um, Shawn Michaels got to do what he said. It was it was a kind of creative finish because Shawn got to do what he said he was going to do. He said, 
like, you know, the next time I hit him with a chair, it ain't going to be a mistake. And he got his chair shot off. But it was also effective for the Undertaker because he didn't even, he didn't even, he, he just, he was bleeding and he got up and he didn't even have to attack his opponents. And there were four of them and they all ran away. And just like, to show you, just to show you a couple of things. First, this is a, uh... This this night right here is actually the beginning of DX because at this point Sean and Hunter are just two singles wrestlers teaming together. They're not actually a unit yet. Okay. However, the other thing that you that you will notice is we is well, we won't get into 98 on this show, but as you go through late 97, early 98, DX, as much as they were disrespectful and shit on people and everything. Always fucking put the Undertaker over. They did not fuck with Taker. Oh yeah. <laughs> nope. Like they ran scared from um, Undertaker. They sold for Undertaker. Um. Yeah. Yeah. If they like, the, if they like, the respected yet. The only story that I ever heard where uh, that one time when Sean knew Undertaker wasn't in the building. Luckily, it was a taped raw. But Sean knew Undertaker wasn't in the building and they were going to do the thing where Sean cuts the promo and then Undertaker's promo comes through the speakers. But he doesn't actually come out. In the arena, Sean called Undertaker out. So it made Taker look like a chump because he didn't come out because he wasn't actually there. But luckily it was recorded, so they never aired that. I did hear, that that happened. That Jim Ross told that story, so I know that shit happened because Jim Ross was doing the interview with Shawn Michaels when he did it. But well, I, I I heard that story too, but like I never heard if it made the Undertaker mad or not, though. Oh, pissed him off. Totally pissed him off because he thought it made him. Well, look if I'm weak. Sean, if I'm Sean, I'm gonna be like, well, if my character knew you weren't in the building, that's why I would call you out. <laughs> And I'm so sure Sean. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Sean rationalized it, but. But yeah, other than that, I never heard of them. You know, I mean, Undertaker didn't really care for them because he didn't at that time. He didn't like their attitude and shit. I mean, they're all cool with each other now. But anyway, that's the funny thing about wrestling. When guys get old, they're just like, ah, fuck it. Well, and those three, those what that four WrestleMania series that they had: Taker, Sean, Taker, Sean, Taker, Hunter, Taker, Hunter. That's some of the most money them three dudes ever fucking made. So you know yeah. they're buddies now. <laughs> we can make money together in the business with friends. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll move on to Nitro unless you have anything else on the the yep. raw we just went through, and hopefully this doesn't have as many interruptions. So anyway, um, it's WCW Monday Nitro. I honestly forgot to write down where it was at. Um. I think it might have been in Iowa or some shit. I don't Bur remember. Bur Birmingham, um, Birmingham, Alabama. Nope, not Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Birmingham, Alabama. Um, so here we are. Raven, he cuts a promo about having a sad childhood because he was um, an unathletic mid misfit. And um, it says that life is like a cancer that can't be stopped and just all this different shit. And he just being emo. He's all sad. Which is funny because he cuts this promo about oh, life is like a cancer. It can't be stopped. And I was an unathletic, unathletic misfit that was bullied in school. Quote the Raven nevermore. And now it's the Nitro Girls. And they start <laughs> shaking their asses. And Larry, Mike, and Tony are welcoming everybody to Nitro. So it's like, oh, you're suicidal? 
Okay. <laughs> Here's some titties. Titties out, <laughs> That's the greatest thing about professional wrestling. Is something horrific will happen. Or like I know this is kind of a minor thing with it, but like some guy will just fall off a stage through like seven tables and they have to take him out and the commentators are like, Oh, this is so sad. I can't believe this happened. Oh, Flash, you are so <laughs> funky. <laughs> some guy comes out dancing his ass off with some big booty black chicks, and they're just like, all right, let's move on. That's cool. <laughs> Up next on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> if wrestling was real, it would be the most unsympathetic <laughs> form of sport in the world. They're just like, all right, cart them off. Let's bring the next guys out. It's so funny. Like Hawk committed to try to attempt suicide on TV, and they were like, "All right, moving on." Well, it's like, yeah, what, what happened with what happened with what happened with Hawk is is very disappointing and, and frightening, and our hearts and my hearts and prayers are with Hawk, and we hope it gets better. Wow, here comes Sable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this will help us forget. <laughs> so funny. Um, so the opening match is um, it's about as WCW as you can get. Um, it's the Harlem Heat with Miss Jackie versus Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner or Scott Steiner, Scott Norton. They got meat sauce in their corner. Um, it's a basic WCW tag team TV match. Um, then meat sauce ends up hitting um, Booker in front of the referee. So the referee has to call for the DQ. So that's how that went. Stupid finish. Like, like, why did this? I, I don't know if I don't know if Virgil messed up so bad and missed his time so bad that the referee was like, I gotta do it, so I don't look like an asshole or what. But yeah, it was just boring and lame. Um, the next match is between two underrated wrestlers, it's the Barbarian versus Mortis. Mortis has James Vandenberg with him. Um, and this is perpetrating the the feud or perpetuating the feud between the barbarian and Meng versus the uh, Vandenberg's collection of oddities. Um, and they called it like a collection of oddities, but it's like two It's like two dudes. <laughs> yeah. It's quite the collection. It's not a collection. <laughs> yeah. It's two guys, <laughs> whatever. Um, James Vandenberg's barbarian. Couple of, James Vandenberg's couple of oddities coming down here. Couple of oddities. <laughs> Uh, um, Barbarian hits the boot of fear and gets the one, two, three, basically the mafia kick. Um, then Wrath attacks Barbarian, and then Mang comes out and attacks Wrath. So that's how that went. Um, what about that's a guy I'll ask about. I asked this all WCW, WWF. Is he a WCW guy to you or a WWF guy? Who? Or old. Haku Mang, whatever you want to call him. I I think and probably mostly just because because when I think of him the when I think of him the most I think of him as as Haku and the, as King Haku, Colossal Connection Haku, Heenan Family Haku. Um, let's see. So '80s, what the the Islanders debuted in '86, then he left in '92. So that's six years. Then he went to WCW in 94 and left in 2000. And the funny thing is he was actually in both promotions the same amount of years. <laughs> but 
as six years in the WWE, six or seven years in the WWF is Haku, and then six or seven in WCW is Mang. But I, I think of I think of Haku. I don't think of Mang. Trying to say. Okay. Long, long way to get there, but it's all right. I feel kind of the same mm-hmm. way, but I think in a lot of ways WCW treated him more mm-hmm. like a badass than the WWF did. Yeah. Yeah. In the WWF, you know I mean? like, yeah. In the WWF, he was not that they didn't treat him good, but he was the guy that um, he was the guy that beat beat he beat Barry Horowitz and he beat Coco Beware, but he was always going to lose to Jake Roberts or Hulk Hogan. You know. Yeah, but like I said, like WCW, they were like, "Holy shit, this guy's terrifying!" Like, <laughs> like that that was was part of me liked him better in WCW, but that's just because they let him be more of who he was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, next thing is Terry, Tony, Larry, and Mike discussing mm-hmm. what's going on with the NWO and WCW. Um, Bischoff interrupts and walks towards the ring. Um, um, he says that Clash of the Champions is his party and everyone is invited. He then talks shit about Larry Zabisco and how he's got an order an order of protection on Zabisco as well. Bischoff says the NWO wants their own show. Nobody wants. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. The whole pre- um, the whole premise is stupid. These guys are this. These guys are this. But what I always thought back then even was okay. So you got these guys that are this unit that are this faction. So if they get their own show, does that mean they just have to start fighting each other? I thought they were friends. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like, it just I mean, I guess like Bischoff could be like, well, WCW is a collective. It's a company. It's like, yeah, but it's that, that WCW didn't form when like five dudes started a faction together. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. like, this is a governing body of professional wrestling. But yeah, it doesn't make the show thing didn't make like yeah, the show thing didn't make sense. And um if you wouldn't have brought that up, I mean I could understand these guys wanting to control this company. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? And make it to our benefit, but just we're gonna have our own show. Like, okay, now we have our own show. And if they because Bischoff was really gonna do it, like he was gonna have the NWO have their own show. And I guarantee it would have been like, oh, we're the NWO, we have our show, and then WCW guys would have been invading their show. Well, yeah, look at when they actually do. Is it what? What is it in '97 where they do the NWO Nitro where they like tear down the set and everything? Yeah, it's coming up. When they did that, who did they wrestle on the show? WCW wrestlers like Jim Powers and Jim Duggan, and yeah, it's like this is stupid. <laughs> Such a stupid idea. But anyway. That's what Bischoff wants. He's got his restraining order on there as a Bisco, and he wants his own show. Um, then Mean Gene ends up interviewing Ric Flair and Kurt Hennig about uh, facing Conan and, and Six Pac. And um, Hennig, um, I mean, the big burning question that everybody wants to know, is he or isn't he? We're trying to find out. Is he a horseman or is he not? And he won't answer and says that he's taken out the giant tonight. So once again, this has been going on since Bash at the Beach, right? Yes. Yes. And we're now in we're now going into August. And this thing go and uh, and I know we're just like I know I said oh, we're not gonna jump ahead or whatever. 
if you guys haven't seen this i i don't know it happened 30 years ago or whatever <laughs> um this thing goes on till fall brawl so this this situation of is he or isn't he is like six months yeah like i if you're if you're june july august september october november if you're six months i was gonna say if you're if you're rick fire after about two months you'd be like fine just don't join fuck fuck you we're just gonna beat you up now (laughs) like go on and let's beat the shit out of you you're not that good. I mean, like, <laughs> it just, it just, yeah, it's chaotic. It's chaotic and it's amazing, but that would have been funny in like three months. And he's like, you know what? You're not that good. It's going to beat your ass now. And it's just the constant thing of Barrett Bischoff making the horseman look stupid. Whether he intended to or not, he always just kind of, kind of made him look stupid. Yeah. And the horseman's itself should have been a, it, it should have never been brought back. I don't. I think the minute Rick left, or the minute Arn left, and Tully left, and all that, and then yeah. they were all came back and thought they were going to be together again, and then Flair bounced. Like it just it never felt like it after it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like after they turned into the Yakuza Network or whatever, and like it's just like what the fuck is going on? Also, yeah. Anyway. Also, and I know, I know it's it was a matter of uh, WCW worked it into the story of like fighting the NWO, and people had had nice thoughts about Ric Flair and Arn Anderson and shit. But also, the Horsemen never showed baby faces. No, they shouldn't have. You're because right. The, the whole idea like, of the Horsemen is that these four, it's these four guys that fuck Dusty Rhodes all the time and shit. You know, it's it's the whole yeah. point. Yeah, it just doesn't work. It it was, and I hate saying it because ninety percent of the guys that were involved in the whole, like even even after the eighties or whatever, I really am fans of. But it's like just doesn't work anymore. Um, so the next match we get is Stevie Richards versus Scotty Riggs. Scotty Riggs has this little mini feud going on with the with uh, um. Sorry, where my hair? Sorry. Anyway, it's Scotty Riggs versus Stevie Richards. Um, we find out that Stevie is going to be facing Raven at Clash of the Champions. Um, Riggs is in full offense. Stevie's just bumping and selling. Stevie ends up getting a super kick though, out of nowhere on Riggs in the one, two, three, and then um, after the match, Raven attacks Stevie Richards and gives him the even flow DDT, and that's how that ends. Um, it's funny, like every time I like see him on like the time we've been watching this every time i see him on wcw i'm like i always for even while doing this thing i'm like i forgot stevie richards was in wcw <laughs> yeah <laughs> doesn't last very long at all he does not um this is also um i don't know what's going on can you still hear me yeah i can hear you i can hear you okay this is my camera went out for some reason anyway um also heard that this was the thing that strained those guys and they were never really close after this Raven and Stevie like I, yeah. I guess like Stevie like Raven just told Stevie like you're here now sit down shut the fuck up let me work mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like god damn okay <laughs> you prick but anyway um, 
Mean Gene ends up interviewing uh, Jeff Jarrett, Eddie Guerrero, and Queen Debra. Um, Alex Wright interrupts and asks Debra to manage him. Um, and then Debra says that she won't manage him because he doesn't have a belt. Like she was interested in him at first. Now she's not. Get the fuck out of here, Alex Wright. So Debra's got all this wheeling and dealings going on with Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Alex Wright, Jeff Jarrett, just the middle of the card. It's all about Deborah, but anyway, um, that's how that goes. Um, the next match is um, Eddie Guerrero and Jeff Jarrett versus Chris Benoit. And you want to guess who Chris Ben? Guess who Chris Benoit's teaming with? You'll never guess. Jeff Jarrett's here, so Steve McMichael can't be far behind. Yes. yes, it's Steve McMichael, um, who. I just read, and I'm not like the biggest football fan in the world, but I just read that they put him on the ballot for the uh, NFL Hall of Fame, and the NFL Hall of Fame gets voted on. And if people don't vote for Steve McMichael and put him in the Hall of Fame, they're assholes. <laughs> just saying. I, 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 from everything I understand, he was a great football player. He also doesn't have much time left, so yeah. it would be pretty shitty if they were like, eh, maybe next year. <laughs> like, he ain't going to be here next year. Just do it for the guy. Give him yeah. something because he is going mm. through some terrible, terrible things. Mm -hmm. That is not anything that I would wish on anybody. My worst enemy, I wouldn't wish Lou Gehrig's or whatever. Like, I, that's just terrible. And <laughs> This is another thing. Um, and maybe, maybe he says it's okay, but if I had a friend that was going through that and I went and visited them, I wouldn't like post their pit, the picture I took with them on my Twitter. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. I've seen all those pictures of people with him and I'm just like, that's uncomfortable. Like it's almost, it, I don't know. Like you said, maybe he's fine with it, but I just, I wouldn't be. I mean, I would take the picture, you know what I mean? I'd be like, yes, take, take this picture with this person, but I'm going to have this in my own personal thing. So I can say, this is maybe the last time I see Steve. So I'm going to take a picture with him, but I'm not going to be like, went and saw Steve McMichael today. Hashtag this hashtag that. And it's like, Jesus Christ. I wouldn't want anybody to see me like that. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying he should be embarrassed by it or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? But I would just be like, no. Anyway. Um, so I'm tired of this Mongo Jarrett shit. So I fast forward through it, get to the finish. Um, Matt Mango I said Mango. <laughs> and that Chris Catan on SNL. Yeah. Where he was like that monkey boy thing or whatever. Mango McMichael. Has there ever been anybody as unfunny as Chris Catan on SNL? Not on SNL, no. He is he is one of the people that I'm just like, I don't know how anybody ever thought this dude was funny. Like I feel that way about Samantha B too. She's the most like the most un one of the most unfunny people. Like I don't understand how anybody finds her funny. But yeah, Chris Catan. Like of all the people that have ever been on SNL, I was like, I think you're the least unfunny. And I'm talking about that fucking 80s crew that had like fucking Mountain more uh, Robert Downey Jr. and shit on it. The one, like nobody even remembers. Like I think it was like Robert Downey Jr. and like Gilbert Gottfried and fucking yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> it's like what the fuck is going on? But it was the time when uh 
was Lauren quit for a little bit or something. But anyway, um, I don't know why I brought up Chris. Oh, yeah, because I called him Mango. <laughs> then he made that fucking movie. Was it Corky Romano? Yeah. Do you want some cookies? <laughs> <laughs> the guy. <laughs> Mike Nelson and the guy that does, uh, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. The guy that does, did the original guy that did Tom Servo's voice. When Mystery Science Theater ended, like they kept doing, like they ended up doing riff tracks and all that. You've watched those, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, they wanted to write a book, like a movie book review. And they were just going to go and see as many movies as they could. Like, especially ones with like bad rating, like bad reviews or whatever. And he said they went to that court and they went through and watched every single movie that they went to, except one. They didn't finish Corky Romano. (laughs) (laughs) And he said they were in there watching that. And when, uh, when, uh, Chris Kattan did the day I want to buy some cookies. Both of them at the same time were like, fuck this. <laughs> I just got up and left. They were like, this is too bad to finish. We're not going to review it. This is trash. They were like, this is the worst movie ever made. <laughs> and this is coming from the guys that made Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. <laughs> these, are, these, are the guy, these are the guys that sat through Manos, The Hands of Fate. <laughs> <laughs> like this is the worst <laughs> we can't even finish it We're, <laughs> this is what we do for a living but anyway how, how did this so, get greenlit <laughs> um, um, Mongo and Ben wind up winning because uh, Mongo hit Jarrett with the US belt um, and then the Nitro girls end up dancing um, they end up uh they're dancing at the desk, and Bobby Heenan, um, apparently the only guy that's a real man in this situation, because all Mike and Tony are doing is like, oh, look at him dance. Bobby's like, I'm getting in there. Bobby ends up getting in there. He's dancing with the Nitro girls. Um, and they recap um, JJ offering Sting a contract against um, Sting last week, which is another angle. And like WCW has all these terrible angles going on. Like, I don't, like, looking back, I was still watching it, and I thought it was cool and everything, but, like, watching it now, I'm like, this is, like, not good. Like, this <laughs> is not good storytelling. No. It's either were... shit going on way, it's either shit going on way too long, like, way too long, or it makes absolutely no sense. Like, oh, we want our own show. So what? So you guys can just stand around and talk about the NWO? Yeah. Right, you know, uh, Jared Mongo, let's have them feud for a fucking year and a half. All right. Oh, let's have Ric Flair um, asking Kurt to join the four four horsemen. How long are we going to do that? Uh, Let's give it about six months. And then we're all shocked when he doesn't. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, here's another thing. Um, Let's have JJ, who's supposed to be the the great mind of the business and the, the leader of the WCW being so stupid that he can't even realize that the guy that he wants to come back wants to actually fight, you know, the champion and the guy that turned on him. Jesus Christ. They're all idiots. Like if you <laughs> like like all the people you're supposed to be in, in, like supporting are fucking morons. Anyway. I digress. Um 
the outsiders come out. Scott Hall says that everyone is watching for one reason, the NWO. Um, Nash says Birmingham is NWO country and talks shit about Lex Luger and DDP. And then Ric Flair um, versus Six Pac. Um, they're having a good match because they always do. Um, Pac gets one Bronco, Bronco Buster, but then misses the second attempt. Um, Flair goes to the figure four, but the NWO squad, the goon squad attacks. And then Hennig comes out and helps run off the NWO. And Ric Flair is your winner by a disqualification. So that's how that went. Um, mean Gene interviews J.J. Dillon and Nick Patrick about the road, road wild road wild rough call um says that patrick made the right decision in the match um but then patrick ends up giving some more heat to randy anderson randy anderson confronts nick patrick and then jj dylan shuts it down so here's another stupid segment um if you haven't noticed i'm not a fan of this nitro <laughs> It is pretty lame. Anyway, it's pretty lame. It, it, it's like everything's ran its course and they just keep going with it. It's like you can only beat it for so long. It's like, God damn, I'm tired of this. Like, it's not fun just, anymore. Yeah, they're just spinning the wheels. <laughs> yes. Then La Parca is out with Sonny Ono um, versus Ultimo Dragon for the TV championship. Um, Ono tried to get involved, but ended up kicking Laparka by mistake, and then Dragon gets the Dragon Sleeper for the tap out. So, Ultimo Dragon is still your TV champion, which this was a nice little, nice little golden nugget in the middle of this little shit burger. Like, this is okay. <laughs> um, then we get the Giant versus Kurt, Kurt Hennig. Um, it's going back and forth. Um, Giant goes for the choke slam, but Bischoff comes out um, with the New World Order. Um, JJ or Doug die, and he wants uh, Giant thrown out. Like he wants Giant to leave the building because he's broken the restraining order. And they, Doug Dillinger says that Giant didn't break it; Bischoff did. And then um, Zabisco comes out, and um, he's stuck between the Giant and Zabisco. So then Bischoff runs away. So this is more lame shit. Like, what is going on? What are we doing? Um, <sighs> mean Gene then brings out J.J. Dillon again and says, Sting ha he's, he finally, he's like, Sting has to tell me what he wants. I'm not a mind reader. <laughs> I don't know you're what also, is going you're on. You're also apparently the most clueless man in America. He literally says, he has to tell me what I want, what he wants. I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what you want, Sting. Like all the people in this arena know, but I yeah, don't know. the hillbillies, the hillbillies, the rubes, they know. You know, the people that the people that aren't professional wrestling representatives or executives, like. There's also he's supposed to be the he's supposed to be the executive of WCW, right? Yeah, the Grand Pumba, the big, the big cheese, right? And he's not smart enough to be like, you know, what really bring us some revenue? Sting versus Hogan. <laughs> he's like, no, let's have him fight Vince. That's what he wants. He wants to fight Virgil. Nobody wants to fight Virgil. But anyway, um, so he's like, I'm not a mind reader. Um, he wants them to tell him what he wants. He wants them to come back by Clash of the Champions. And then Sting comes through the crowd 
And Dylan's like, come on, man, tell me what you want. And Sting just points at all those Hogan wants Sting signs. He's just like pointing at the stuff. You ever seen that? Um, you ever seen that gif for that that white little that weird little white monkey? That's yes. like, yes, yes, like doing that. It's like Sting is that white monkey. Like he's like right here, right here. Like, like this is it. This is what I want. <laughs> you stupid idiot. <laughs> anyway, so Sting's pointing at all the signs, and then he and then he leaves. He doesn't say anything, and and Dylan's just like, I don't know why the guy won't tell me what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost it's almost a parody of itself. Yeah, if they were doing it to be funny, it would be funny. <laughs> like if they would go back to the commentators and the commentators were like, "Oh my god, her boss is an idiot." <laughs> like if this was like like a, a you know every show that has a boss and he's a moron, that would be yeah. that would be great. But that's break not. break the break the fourth wall like The Office, <laughs> you know? Yeah, have Shivani go back just. To- <laughs> Like, look at the camera, like, what the fuck? <laughs> but anyway, so that's what's going on there. Um, and then we get an NWO um, black and white route paid for by the New World Order video. And it's the NWO, and they're celebrating. Um, I think their anniversary is coming up. I mean, that's the reason they're celebrating. Or something's coming up for them. Um, and they. Oh, it's because Hogan won the belt back. Sorry. Um, and they're celebrating with a game of pin the tail on the JJ. And it's got JJ's face on a jackass and donkey or whatever. So, I mean, they're pretty accurate at this point. Um, so that's what that is. And then we get DDP and Lex Luger versus the Outsiders. This is our main event for the Tag Team Championships. It's a pretty solid match. Um it's going back and forth. Luger ends up hot dogging and getting ready to get Scott up in the torture rack, which brings out um, the NWO. Um, and they attack. And then um, Ric Flair ends up coming out. And Flair and Giant and Luger end up brawling with the NWO. And that's how the show goes off the air. So. It was a pretty lame nitro. Yeah, even though even though Raw wasn't spectacular, it was definitely better. Night WCW at this point, like I said, they're gonna change some stuff up here in a little bit. But as of right now, it's like every single angle you have going has gone way, way too long. <laughs> way too long. Yeah, and like I said, I mean the raw the raw show. If you look through the raw show. Like it, that show itself wasn't spectacular, but you had you had the stuff starting up with DX and the shit with the Undertaker at the end, and so there was at least something you know new and a little captivating going on. But yeah, it's like it, they're starting things, so it, it, when you're watching it at that time, you don't think anything of it. You know what I mean? You're like kind of like nothing really happened on that show. You know what I mean? But looking back at it, you're like, oh man, this was the start of DX. And this, yeah, this was, was an, this that, is actually right? an important show. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is good shit, you know? But this nothing happened on Nitro. It's like this is just it's so bad. I like I don't know. Like 
at the time I didn't notice it, I guess. But looking at it now and like actually analyzing it and and watching it like watching it, it's just like <sighs> nothing is going on in this promotion. And these guys are making all this money and nothing is happening. <laughs> like I you don't think I guess you don't think about it when you're in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Watching it. Like I didn't realize at the time that Ric Flair has been asking Kurt Hennig to be his tag team partner, like, and it's gonna go for six months. I didn't realize it. So now I look at it and I've like taking notes on it and I've committed myself to watching this, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what is happening? Why am I doing this to myself? How many times am I gonna watch Mongo fight Jeff Jarrett? Maybe the problem is that I've watched some of the shows. Like I'll do like two. I, I it's like. I don't have anything to do, so I'll just watch a couple of them, like a couple Raws and a couple Nitros on the same day, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett Mago again. It's torture. Now, sometimes, anyway. when you, sometimes when you watch something in hindsight, it's not as good as it's not as good as it seemed when it was live. Like, for me, you know how I always talk about how, like, literally other than the end of the, end of the year, when they start up the Hunter um, Stephanie marriage and everything, I could I could never watch 99 WWF again and not care, <laughs> you know. But yeah. back then when I was watching it, it was like, oh, this is exciting. And now I watch it, I'm like, most of this is fucking ridiculous and stupid. But anyway. <laughs> so unless you got anything else, nope. um, we got about to the time that I like the show to go. And um, we'll go ahead and close it out. So. Yeah, anything else for the listeners? I have nothing else at the moment. Um, we'll be making some announcements in the next couple of weeks as far as new shows going on. So, but I want to, I want to get those scheduled and recorded first. But other than that, no, I got yeah. nothing else. All right, big things popping, little things stopping here on the We Can't Wrestle WrestleNet Radio Network. So I like thank you guys for listening. And tune in next week when we'll discuss the, the next Nitro and Raw coming up. So thank you all, and I appreciate it. <laughs>